Welcome to the 1-800-PET-MEDS conference call to review the financial results of the fifth, excuse me, of the first fiscal quarter ended on June 30th, 2021. At the request of the company, this conference call is being recorded. Founded in 1996, 1-800-PET-MEDS is America's most trusted pet pharmacy, delivering prescription and non-prescription pet medications and other health products for dogs, cats, in horses direct to consumers. 1-800-PetMeds markets its products through national advertising campaigns, which direct consumers to order by phone or on the internet, and which aim to increase the recognition of the PetMeds family's brand name. 1-800-PetMeds provides an attractive alternative of obtaining pet medications in terms of convenience, price, ease of ordering, and rapid home delivery. At this time, I would like to turn the call over to the company's Chief Financial Officer, Mr. Bruce Rosenblum. Thank you. I would like to welcome everybody here today. I'd like to remind everyone that the first portion of this conference call will be listened only until the question and answer session, which will be later in the call. Also, certain information that will be included in this press conference may include forward-looking statements within the meaning of the Private Securities Litigation Reform Act of 1995 or the Securities and Exchange Commission that may involve a number of risks and uncertainties. These statements are based on our beliefs as well as assumptions we have used based upon information currently available to us. Because these statements reflect our current views concerning future events, these statements involve risks, uncertainties, and assumptions. Actual future results may vary significantly based on a number of factors that may cause the actual results or events to be materially different from future results, performance, or achievements expressed or implied by these statements. We have identified various risk factors associated with our operations in our most recent annual report and other filings with the Securities and Exchange Commission. For today's conference call, Gian Fogoni, our board chairman, is joining us. Now we will review the financial results. We will compare our first fiscal quarter ended on June 30th, 2021, to last year's quarter ended June 30th, 2020, and in some cases refer back to pre-pandemic time periods as well. In our first quarter of fiscal 2022, we faced a unique situation. We are coming off a very strong June quarter last year that was primarily driven by increased e-commerce demand as a result of the pandemic, causing many retail stores to close and many veterinarians to be unavailable. However, during the most recent quarter, while the pandemic was abating and retail stores and veterinarians were reopening, the advertising market was rapidly recovering with surging demand drastically driving up the cost of advertising on a per-impression basis. As a result, even the overall advertising spending for the quarter increased over the prior period. We delivered fewer ad impressions than in prior years. Our total net advertising, per our income statement, did in fact decrease due to increased cooperative marketing rebates, which were earned in the quarter. When the first fiscal quarter ended on June 30th, 2021, sales were 79.3 million compared to sales of 96.2 million for the same period the prior year, a decrease of 17.6%. 
but sales were relatively flat versus the quarter ended June 30th, 2019, prior to the pandemic. The decreases in sales was due to decreases in both new order and new order sales. Our sales were negatively impacted by a much more competitive market and a crowded advertising space with substantially higher costs compared to the same quarter last year. In addition, during the most recent quarter, there was a dramatic increase in veterinarian visits by pet owners who were unable to visit their veterinarians during the pandemic. We believe the increase in veterinarian visits was primarily due to pet owners needing to visit their veterinarians for their pet's annual exam and to renew their prescriptions. Since some pet owners purchased medications directly from their vets during their visit, the company believes this negatively impacted sales and especially reorder sales during the quarter. Our reorder sales decreased by 11.8% to 70.9 million for the quarter, compared to reorder sales of 80.4 million for the same quarter last year. While for the quarter ended June 30th, 2019, our reorder sales were 67.7 million. We would expect to see stronger reorder sales in the back half of fiscal 2022 as we anticipate more prescriptions being rebuilt. A positive trend to highlight for the quarter was the continued increase in our average order size. Our average order value was approximately $95 for the quarter compared to $89 for the same quarter last year and $86 for the quarter ended June 30th, 2019. The increase in AOD can be attributed to a shift in our product mix to more higher priced prescription items and less lower priced over-the-counter items, with prescription items having a higher gross margin profile in comparison to over-the-counter items. As I mentioned earlier, during the quarter and the June 30th, 2021, the advertising market was extremely competitive. And this increased demand drove up ad prices dramatically. As a result, our advertising spending was less efficient than usual and delivered fewer ad impressions than in prior years. Because of this, we believe our advertising spending was less effective in the most recent quarter in its ability, and, and in its inability to track new customers. New order sales decreased 47% to $8.4 for the quarter, compared to $15.8 million for the same quarter of the prior year. We acquired approximately 92,000 new customers in our first fiscal quarter, compared to 186,000 for the same period of the prior year. However, we anticipate that advertising prices should revert back to more normal levels as the pandemic further subsides which would increase the efficiency and effectiveness of our media spending, and thereby continue to help us gain new customers. Encouragingly, reorder sales in the most recent quarter, while down versus a year ago, were up approximately 5% compared to the same period in 2019 pre-pandemic. In the first fiscal quarter, net income was 4.4 million, or 22 cents diluted per share, compared to $7.8 million, or $0.39 cents diluted per share, for the same quarter last year, a decrease to net income of 43%. There was a one-time charge of $717,000 related to the CEO's separation agreement, which was incurred in the quarter. 
The company also incurred an additional $260,000 related to brand and marketing consulting fees within the quarter. For the first fiscal quarter, our gross profit as a percentage of sales was 27.5% compared to 27.8% for the same period a year ago. The percentage decrease for the quarter can be attributed to some of the major manufacturers shifting their funding from discounting product costs to cooperative marketing rebates. There may be an opportunity to improve gross margins in the second half of fiscal year 2022 if the shift to prescription medications continue. During the balance of this year, we'll also continue investing in our e-commerce platform to better service our customers by adding additional features to our website to further drive sales. For example, like Auto Ship and Save, which was recently launched on our website about a week ago. Our customers responded very positively and enrollment in Auto Ship and Save was very strong in its first week. We expect many more of our reorder sales to eventually transition to Auto Ship and Save by the end of our fiscal year. We had $111.8 million in cash and cash equivalents and $29.2 million in inventory with no debt as of June 30th, 2021. The Board of Directors also declared a quarterly dividend of $0.30 cents per share on the company's common stock. The dividend will be payable on August 13th, 2021 to shareholders of record at the close of business on August 6th, 2021. The company continues to be committed to returning capital to our stockholders. However, the declaration and payment of future dividends is discretionary and will be subject to a determination by the Board of Directors each quarter following its review of the company's financial performance. This ends the financial review. Let me turn it over to Gian, our Board Chairman, to say a few words. Thank you, Bruce, um, and good morning, everyone. So I'd like to take this opportunity to make a few comments about the future of the company, which despite the challenges of the most recent quarter, I believe remains exceedingly bright. So why do I say that? Well, there are numerous reasons. First, I would point out that the pet care market is growing rapidly, and many consumers have become new pet owners during the pandemic. Second, the market's rapidly shifting to online buying where PetMed thrives. Third, many new products and services, which are often driven by technology and other innovations, are being introduced, and we anticipate making some selective strategic equity investments in these innovative enterprises by leveraging some of the capital that we have on hand. Fourth, we plan on revamping our marketing positioning and increasing our product offerings. We'll do that along with retooling our marketing strategies and tactics to further build our customer base and ensure that the company's success will continue in tomorrow's digital world. Then finally, we're enhancing our leadership with two new experienced directors up for election by our shareholders this year, and our shareholder meeting is later this week. The search for our new CEO is well underway. We're seeing some very, very interesting candidates, and uh, we anticipate being able to make an announcement there in the near future. So bottom line, we believe that the company's finest hours lie ahead. At uh, this point, uh, let me recognize Mendel Akdag, our outgoing CEO, who's led the company for over 20 years. 
and we thank him for his leadership and wish him well in his future endeavors. I'd also like to thank our over 200 dedicated employees, many of whom who have been with us for more than a decade. So to sum up, today the company is in an enviable financial position. We have a very strong balance sheet with $111 million in cash and cash equivalents and no debt. And this provides us with the financial resources we believe are necessary to accomplish ambitious growth objectives. We are the leader in our space. We celebrated our 25th anniversary this year, and we've been operating profitably now for over two decades. We're proud that since the company's inception, we have served more than 11 million customers. And since declaring our first dividend back in 2009, we've returned over $200 million to our shareholders and dividends. In conjunction then with these accomplishments, we are, as I think you can tell, very excited by the opportunities that lie ahead for the company. So that ends our prepared remarks. And now Bruce and I would be happy to take your questions. So operator, we're now ready to take questions. To ask a question, press star one, record your first and last name, and state your company name in order to get into the queue. One moment as we wait for questions. Our first question comes from Ben Rose with Battle Road Research. Your line is open. Yes, good. Good morning, gentlemen. Um, a few questions. Um, it's been, excuse me, uh, several months since you hinted at the potential to introduce new products. I was hoping um, either Bruce or Gianni, if you could give us some insight into what kind of um, products you might be thinking of? Are these um, complementary to uh, pet medications? Are they um, sort of adjacent segments that you might be addressing? Yeah, uh, I, I think just I'll make a couple of comments first, then I'm sure you have some as well. I, I think that, that the market that we're in, which is really the health and wellness market, um, that there are a lot of products that we could add to our product mix but still remain within that, that broad definition of the market. Um, there are also, as I mentioned in my comments, uh, innovative technology-based products that are coming along that we may be able uh, to carry uh, in, in our product mix. So I, I would imagine that the, um, the new CEO is going to be taking a very hard look at what can be done to expand uh, the product line while taking care that the weight, if you will, of the products doesn't cause us a problem with the cost of shipping. Bruce, yeah, any other comments? Yeah, I mean, yeah, we talked about this before, Ben. You know, we we're always continuing looking to add more product offerings uh, to our website. Uh, most recently, we've added more RX and high-end food SKUs, you know, premium dog food SKUs gives us a better chance for uh, profitability. But we're always exploring additional ways to acquire new customers, do any partnerships, fulfillment, or any value-added services. Um, other new opportunities within the pet health space, as she mentioned, um, that will be our focus this year. And we'll give you more information the later part of the year when we have something to report. Okay, and if I may, just um, a couple more. One, one, one strategic question um, was, um, 
noted your desire to potentially make uh, selective strategic investments. Does this mean that you'd be looking more to invest in um, other companies as opposed to acquiring them outright? Well, you know, we've always looked aggressively at acquisition and other investment opportunities in the past. There's always seemed to be a little gap between uh, the expectation of both the buyer and the seller. But we plan to be aggressive this year, and, um, you know, based on our press release and the comments we made today, I would, I would probably say yes. I'm sorry. Yeah. You know, from my perspective, I um, spent a lot of years in the technology sectors, and it's pretty clear that technology is rapidly um, accelerating in the pet care uh, market broadly, often in times of in, in examples of new services. And I think that selective investments in those types of products, uh, coupled with then the ability to introduce them broadly to our customer base, represents a pretty attractive opportunity that I think we should we should be pursuing. Okay, that that certainly makes sense. And then if I may finally, um, the uh, auto ship and save, um, Bruce, can you uh, start, can you comment on how long that's been available? Did I hear you say that it's just been available in the uh, last week or has it been, uh, if you just let us know when, when that started? Correct, yeah, it was launched last week or maybe eight or nine days ago. Um, we're really excited. I mean, we've been looking to add this for some time. Our customers have been asking for this feature, especially for the customers who order monthly medications. Um, you know, that's pretty critical, I think. I think, or we anticipate AutoShip will continue to drive future reorder sales, and it will also strengthen our relationship with our customer base. Okay, thank you very much. You're welcome. Aaron Wright with Credit Suisse, your line is open. I have a quick follow-up on that last question on auto ships. What percent of customers do you anticipate will use the offering, or what's the goal there, just based on the mix of business that's considered more chronic therapy or preventatives? Would it be purely focused on some of that monthly free and tick medication or, or, or other categories, or what percentage of your customers do you anticipate that targeting? Yeah, I don't think we're going to give any specific targets or internal targets at this time. But it, as you know, Aaron, the overwhelming majority of, you know, of what we sell, especially in the prescription medications, are those uh, monthly, every three months, every six months. So um, that would qualify for a large portion of our business. So um, we'll, we'll get more updates as we go along, but we're very excited about the launch. Okay, great. And then how how would you characterize the flea and tick season this year? I guess what are you seeing across that category of products this quarter? And how would you characterize the, the shift that you're seeing between the prescription-only products and the over-the-counter flea and tick products and how that's impacting your business financially? Right. You know, we really have seen it's been a tale of, of two different years. I mean, last year we saw a greater amount of over-the-counter products, and that's because many of the pet stores and obviously veterinarians, pet stores, and other brick-and-mortar stores were closed. So typically, you know, we saw an unusual lift in over-the-counter products last year. This year was back to more normalized levels between the, between the breakdown between RX and OTC. Okay. Um, thanks. And then 
given some of the ads and dynamics you were referring to, how should we, we be thinking about the quarterly progression of advertising spend for the balance of the year? And, and separately for the balance of the year as well, should we anticipate further additional costs associated with the brand and marketing consulting fees similar to what was incurred in, in the first quarter? Right, that's a good question. Um, you know, when you look at your overall ad spend for the quarter, it was in fact slightly up versus a year ago. You know, however, when we looked at the net number, of course, with the, menu, with the manufacturer rebates that we received, um, you're looking at the income statement and you see a decline in ad spend. We were aggressive with advertising, but the environment was a very difficult environment. Um, you know, on a per impression basis, um, costs increased significantly as a result of the crowded advertising landscape, which of course delivered fewer overall ad impressions. You know, going forward, we will continue to be aggressive with our ad spending. You know, our budget is flexible, so depending on ROI, we may adjust it, you know, from time to time. Um, you know, rapid changes in that advertising landscape require some real-time adjustments. Um, you know, I think overall, like I said, ad spending was up to the quarter, um, and we'll continue to uh, be aggressive going forward. And I think as we move into the second half of the year, traditionally, as we get out of season, uh, we have some better opportunities on the ad front, historically. Yeah. Bruce, I just, uh, just add, uh, we have said that, just add a, just add a couple of comments. Um, w one of the things that uh, is increasingly possible, and especially with digital media, is to examine the degree to which there's an overlap across the different channels. Because if one doesn't do that, one risks delivering just increasing number of impressions to the same number of people. And I think there's a there's a significant opportunity for us to review that in greater detail and make more informed decisions about where to put our ad dollars. Um, so I, I'm not sure at this point how that would shake out, but I do in terms of the total uh, dollars spent, but I think there are some pretty compelling opportunities to increase the efficiency and effectiveness of our media spend. And the consulting fees, will those continue? Um, that's something that's something that we'll we'll be considering um, as the year progresses. I mean, a lot will depend on uh, when we bring new leadership in and what his preference will be. Um, and if there is, we'll 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 let you know if it's a material amount. Okay, thank you. As a reminder, to ask a question, press star 1, record your first and last name, and state your company name in order to get into the queue. Anthony Lebedinsky with Sidari and Company, your line is open. Thank you, and good morning, and uh, thank you. thanks for taking the question. So, uh, yeah, my first question is uh, for you, Gian, and yeah, thank you for joining the call here. Nice to get a perspective from the Board of Directors. So. As you look to uh, hire a new CEO, what are the top qualities that you're looking for uh, for your new leader? Uh, so I just wanted to get your perspective. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a good question. Thank you. So I think that um, there's definitely certain experiences that, that, that we would look at as being important. Uh, E-commerce, senior executive leadership of an e-commerce business is important. If we can add to that, 
experience in the pet care markets, uh, I'd say that's all also important, but I would rank the e-commerce experiences as being um, the most important there. Somebody who has um, a desire and some experience in transformations of companies. And what's interesting at this point in time is that it used to be that trans digital transformations would be applied to companies that weren't yet digital. I think that uh, increasingly today we're seeing, given this, the rate of change of dig digital technology, we're seeing some significant opportunities to revamp the operations of companies that are already digital. And so somebody who's been through transformations and has that kind of experience, that would also be, um, be pretty important to us. So I, I think that, um, I think those, I would say, are the most important characteristics that we're looking for. Got it. Okay. Yeah, so that, that's very helpful. And I guess we'll, we'll stay tuned to, for, for the announcement uh, in regards to that. So, um, so PetNet uh, additionally has had a very uh, strong cash-rich, debt-free balance sheet. Uh, just wondering, for, from the board's perspective, are you looking to maintain that same type of capital allocation, or would you be willing to do anything differently with, with new leadership? Yeah, that's another good question. Um, yeah, certainly, if you look at PetMed as a an internet-based company, its profitability has been surprisingly strong, right, given the number of companies that's in the tech space, certainly, that are out there um, growing rapidly but not yet making a profit. So I, I personally think that um, continuing to be nicely profitable is important, and I think that can be achieved, and I think we we kind of established a roadmap for how to achieve that. Uh, you know, in any situation, in my experience, where you have a change at the CEO level, it's very possible that there might be some investments required in the short term to establish the new strategic plan and the new path forward. Um, but I would hope that that would be done, as I say, in a, in a short term, temporary basis that then leads to um, an acceleration in both top line and uh, bottom line growth. Hope, hope that helps. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, for sure. And then, in, you know, in terms of the ad spending, um, would you say are you still going to be more mostly digital? You think, or will you do more TV? Kind of just broadly thinking about the different media channels as far as uh, advertising is concerned. Or what are your yeah. thoughts there? Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, obviously one of the trends that's just, you know, accelerated dramatically in large part because of the pandemic is connected TV, right, over-the-top uh, distribution of content, a lot of it which is content that was being distributed on legacy TV and continues to be, but now it's increasingly uh, being delivered over-the-top. Um, it, it's getting a significant audience, and so I don't think we can ignore it. I think it's important to look at the as always to look at the demographics of uh, the users of these different video channels. Um, you know, th th that said, I can certainly refer back to work we did at Comscore, extensive work looking at the effectiveness of static display ads versus video, and it was pretty clear that video was significantly more effective. Um, so I, I would imagine that there are some really attractive opportunities for us to put some money against connected TV and over the top 
and maybe to broaden our investment in video. Um, and uh, you know, I'd certainly encourage the new CEO to look at those kinds of, uh, of opportunities. But digital, I mean, over-the-top TV is digital, right, when all is said and done. And so there's, there's kind of this transition from what was TV content distributed over the air or via cable, and now it's being distributed digitally. So the, the, the term digital becomes broader in today's world. But I think that there, again, there are significant opportunities that we should be pursuing there. Got it. Okay. And uh, um, you know, lastly, for me, as, as far as you know, the uh, loyalty program, uh, have you can, can you give us an update what you've seen there, and whether do you whether you expect to make any changes to that uh, going forward? Uh, with the loyalty plan, listen, we're always looking to improve on uh, any of our. Um, you know, uh, anything that we have, especially when it's concerns to the website. Uh, we're very happy with the performance of the plan um, to date. It, it has helped reorder sales from our initial launch. But, um, you know, I think with adding auto shift and save in conjunction with our loyalty plan, and the loyalty plan may change too. Um, it's not necessarily the way we initially launched it. It may not be the way that plan will be um, uh, working in the future. So, um, you know, I think, I think as we move forward, we'll see some, some changes, and when we make those changes, we'll let you know. Got it. All right. Well, thank you, and best of luck. Thank you. I'm showing no further questions. Mr. Rosenblum, Mr. Fogoni, I'll turn the call back over to you. Okay, thank you. Um, this wraps up today's call. We really appreciate your time. Thank you for joining us, operator that presents the conference call. Thank you for participating. You may now disconnect.